Welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this conversation with Laura Rainey, we are all about trust. It is such an interesting chat that we have here about resilience, about relationships, and most of it centres around within the workplace because Laura is a HR professional. And as you can imagine, as we start to return to work now after the pandemic, it's really like, what are we returning to? Do we still trust each other? You know, what are the values that organisations have and how they move forward out of this time and they rebuild themselves? So this is a great one, I think, for anybody to listen to, but especially for those who manage teams and who employ people because trust is at the core of how you rebuild your business, I have no doubt whatsoever. So enjoy this conversation. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Absolutely welcome. Uh-huh. Nice to be here. Uh-huh. Tell us a wee bit about you, Laura. So I am an HR practitioner. I have a HR outsource consultancy called Arena HR. The business is five and a half years old now, mm-hmm. um, but I've been in HR for over 20 years, you know, been in a corporate environment, worked in private, public sector and the charities as well so really just a long corporate environment qualified up to masters I've started the PhD but you know started it in a business so the PhD get put to the side um, although my kids keep saying mum when are you going to do that PhD again I'm like yeah yeah I'll wait till you are at the house probably um, so yeah started the business five years ago as I felt there was a need for doing HR the way I do it and we had two clients within a week so I was, and I told you this before, but I'll obviously repeat for this, but um, I was in an accelerated business programme and like people were learning who is your ideal customer and how do we find them and how do we get out to market? And I had two customers within a week going, I need a bank account, they're giving me money. So um, it was quite, quite quickly people were going, yeah, I think I like the way you do it. And we've really just grown. Most of our clients are referrals. Mm-hmm. So people will come to us because they know we've done something for somebody else. And it's yep. just built from that. And we've been very fortunate. A team of three, a fourth one due to come along um, very soon. But at the moment, there's three of us. And I'm really fortunate that the team that I've got that I work with. Great, great. And I can only, I'm sure it'll come up in our conversation, but I can only imagine working in HR in the last year must have brought a lot of very challenging times, Laura. Yes. It must yes. have, it must have. So, very challenging. Right. Probably the most emotionally challenging year as well with um, a lot of restructuring um, and a lot of difficult conversations over Zoom. So we've got quite a few clients that have actually been open throughout the whole year. You know, we've got um, different ones with different contracts. A lot of our clients have been open and where they've been open and we've been safe to come in, we've had meetings face-to-face with people, which is much better. But we got a lot of clients last year in Stornoway. So we we couldn't travel there and, you know, I don't think they probably wanted anybody from the mainland over anyway. So there was a lot of calls on Zoom that was emotionally difficult. But happy that they picked us to, to help them in their situations. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okie doke, so tell me, what do you know for sure, Laura? <laughs> yeah, so based on, obviously what I do, I do a lot of um, sort of discussions with the staff and employers and relationships um, are obviously key to that. And for me, what I know for sure is that we can't have a good relationship without trust. Mm. So trust is my main sort of area that I believe so so strongly in. The minute you don't trust an employee or the minute that trust um, from an employee to employer goes, it is a really 
difficult one to start bringing back. Very, very difficult. It's, you know, you've got to give people opportunity to get better and to amend, you know, if they make a mistake. But if it's something that is in your core value that they have broken, you're probably not going to be able to trust them again and build that confidence. And I believe in that for all relationships, not just employer-employee. I think you need that with friendships, you know. I think you need that in, obviously, with marriages. You know, you need that trust. I, I find it very difficult. I've never seen a relationship mended properly. It certainly can't go back to what it was like before if the trust mm-hmm. is broken. Yeah. And from an employment point of view, if that employer is feeling like they don't trust that employee, that's sometimes where they get us involved because we go, right, yeah. why, what, what is it? Why they not trust? Why don't you trust them? And what I'm finding over the last year is there's been a few um, situations where you know problems haven't been dealt with mm-hmm. because of COVID and they're just, you know, we don't want to upset somebody or deal with managed conflict because of the ongoing pandemic. So, you know, someone said to me once the phrase, you're just kicking the can down the road. And it's true, if you don't deal with that situation, what actually happens is you kick it down the road, it gets worse. Yeah. Because if you've not told somebody they're doing something that you don't like them doing or that's not in line with your corporate value or your standards or quality or professionalism, they think it's okay. Yeah. And that's not fair in that person because they're going to just carry on coming into the work, doing their job, badly or not doing it to the the level that you're expecting them and um, it does get to the point where you just you know the employer will be sitting there thinking oh why do they keep doing that have you told them not to do it Um, I remember having a job goodness a number of years ago now and one of my bosses said you should always check the checker that's right isn't it you can't give the person into trouble that didn't know that's not what I should be doing you know Uh you've got to go hang on a minute who's checking your work well, that person, right? So, did they, did you tell them how to do that? And did you explain how yeah. to do it? That kind of along the line. So, it's certainly been a year for these kind of situations to be brought up and thinking, right? Now we're a year down the line. We need to sit and deal with these conversations. And I think going forward, we've got a new sort of working environment. Mm-hmm. There is, I mean, there's a lot of talk of this hybrid working, which is just a fancy name for what we're doing already. You know. Or, mm-hmm. A blended approach, you know, how about you give it a label? But it really is, people will be working from home, people will be coming in. You know, a year ago, I had a member of staff that I would have been saying to them, Right, what day are you coming in? You want to work from home, what's happening in your week? Whereas now I'm like, See you whenever I see you because I trust them and I know that the work's going to get done. But we came into an environment where that's they, keep, they, they were recruited during the pandemic, so they were only in the office a few days and then they started working from home. So I had to trust them really quickly mm-hmm. with all the work and with my wee baby of my business to, to go away and, and do the stuff. And now it's at a point where I'm like, what day do you not work? Wait, a Friday, why are you emailing me? Oh, I took some time off yesterday. That's fine. I yeah. trust them and it's it's allowed. And going forward, we'll probably carry on doing that for quite a while because... Uh-huh. It's working for people. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, it's that whole, I love Simon Sinek and his stuff he does around teams and trusting teams. Yeah. And, you know, that I, I'd actually put it on my LinkedIn today that a, a team is not a group of people that work together, it's a group of people that trust each other. And see, if you were yeah. to re- reflect on life, I suppose, to take it out of just being about the corporate world and reflect on life, what role has trust played in your life? And is there a time you can think of where if the trust is lost, it is done or is it just more in your work that you're seeing it um, no I see it everywhere I think it's I think it's a core value of mine mm. that if I can't if I can't trust the person I'm friends with or or any relationship with then I will struggle to 
to see what part they've got in my life. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I'm not even sure if you said to quote, friends are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. So I quite quickly will define what box, if there has been a box, what, wait, this friend's upsetting me because they were not on the same page. And then I realised, you know what, you're just a friend for a, a season or a reason. And that's okay. And we're happy. We're not falling out. But you're just part of my life, you know just now because we're both going through the same situation yep. or yep. we've both come into this environment or we're both working in the same organisation. It's not a forever friend, mm-hmm. which I think, is, again, for me personally, through COVID, my, my circle's got much smaller. Yep. And we, you know, we've got a busy life before COVID. And I think what's taught me now is I don't want to go back to that very busy life that I had when I was trying to fit in all of these people to spend time with them. And maybe a wee bit of a people pleaser, I don't know. But now I'm like, right, what's my time? What's my priorities and who do I want to spend time with? So I've even, like, I was just talking about this earlier on with, with one of our friends. I'm meeting a friend next week. We've not seen each other in three years. We try and meet up once a year. I mean, we've not done it in three years. It's ridiculous. That's been kept in the diary. We're not changing that. That's happening. And it's just, that was a friend I worked with years ago and we just catch up now and again. And I think that's that's important to have that. And I, and I trust that person with my life. But at the same time, I'm not, not going to send, spend time with people that I don't trust, but they just have them for a different reason, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's just like, right, we're the, we're the, we're the Friday night mums that take our kids to a, a club and, you know, we're not going to go out socialising every Saturday or every other weekend or whatever, but Friday night we trust each other to pick up our kids to drop them off and that's just our relationship and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, I think it's recognising you don't need to be best friends with everybody and at work you don't need to have friendships at work they just they need to be work colleagues yeah. I mean, brilliant if you can work with them fantastic but as long as you trust them to do the job they're doing exactly you know you do your role and you, you don't let them down uh-huh. then you're right what Simon's next says about teams is, is true you know, uh-huh. really, he's really good to be fair yeah. he's got some brilliant yeah. things because I do a, a lot of work with teams on what do they want their culture to look like and just now through the other bits of work that I do I'm doing stuff with teams but how do they begin to rebuild themselves after the trauma or yep. half their workforce losing their jobs there being lots of furlough how do they bring their team back together to be a, a good team and yep. my reflection always is that it's better to maintain trust than ever lose trust and have because it's going to be so much harder to rebuild it than it is to maintain it and so how do how do we just maintain the best trust that we can here? And that's through, I think, probably having really honest conversations, isn't it? Do you think that yeah, that's what's been that's what's been the biggest part of this journey that I know you've been on, like having to help organisations sadly make people redundant? Is it just like if you're just honest with people, though, you can come through this? Yeah, I think it's there's two sides to it because you can be honest. But you can't. You shouldn't be brutally honest no. because there's some of these emotional emotions there. And sometimes employers see it as they see that as the same thing. Mm. You know, I'll just be honest and say you're not very good at your job. Right? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Let's let's shape that conversation yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's conversation is so important. Communication is so important. But I think what's really important is how do we ensure resilience with our teams. You know, I was reading, I actually wrote it down so I didn't forget, 17.9 million days lost to stress across the UK workforce. Wow, wow. That is a lot, isn't it? That's huge. Was that just this year or is that... I was just following, I read that this morning in a study that I was reading before I came on to this. I was just like, I knew there was a lot, that is a lot, isn't it? 17.9 million days lost to stress across the UK workforce per year. 
So oh we need to goodness. we need to make and the thing is of that the same research it was one for the CIPD, you know, the Chartered Institute of Personal Development. They had one fifth of employees experience depression. So obviously, I, I think about employees all the time, but I also think of the employer because I think who's caring for the carer, you know, how we would deal with that. So if employees are one in, one in five are experiencing depression, what's happened to our employers? Because these million, this stress, this 17-point million days of work of stress, we see it from employers, from employees because we track that. But what about the employer that's coming into their work and still working? You know, are they, are they heading to burnout? You know, how are we making sure they're resilient? Because if they're not resilient and not able to manage the stress, they're not going to be any use to the employee. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's the angle I always come in at because that's the people I work with. But indirectly then it affects the employee and hopefully in a positive way. So, yes, we need to communicate, but we also need to make sure that our staff and our staff and our employers are keeping their motivation up. They're, you know, they're still happy where they are. So we need to kind of look at. In my mind, I'm looking at them mm-hmm. to make sure that they are they are having the right conversations. And who do they go to to speak to and go? I'm struggling, and it's really hard, particularly for a high performing business owner that doesn't normally have that kind of conversation to go. Oh my goodness! Hence the reason why I see them time after time leaving that can kicking it down even further because they don't want to have that difficult conversation because they don't want to upset the person mm-hmm. um, because potentially they're the ones that make me suffer from stress already. So I do see that you know they bottle up their feelings and then they don't want to manage the conflict, which becomes a bigger issue down, down the line. So yeah, I think you're right. Communication is really important, but recognizing when you're feeling it, yeah, employee and employer, recognizing it in yourself. Being truthful. So probably one of the best conversations you can have is self-talk, is actually talking to yourself, you know, have that conversation with yourself. How am I feeling? Yeah. You know, am I, am I suffering? Am I losing motivation? Am I struggling? Am I still satisfied with what I'm doing? Because we know that motivation, engagement, and satisf- satisf- um, satisfaction increases productivity and increases exactly. like, turnover and, and all the positive mm-hmm. stuff from an employment point of view, which keeps you secure in your role and your and your business keep going. So it's it's like the start of it's almost like one of the legs of a table. You know, if you don't uh-huh. if you're careful with that resilience, if you're not looking after yourself, then how are we going to sort of balance it so um so yeah so i work with people who are with culture so important as you say making sure we've got the right culture in the organization but we've got to think right i recognize it something's not quite right how do i now manage that exactly how do i get it better how do i ensure that culture is the right culture and have i lost trust and how do i build it back up or as you mm-hmm. say don't lose it in the first place would uh-huh. be the dream would be the dream uh-huh. But the only way that I believe you don't lose trust in the first place is ensuring that the expectations are outlined at the beginning. Yes. You've got to have the expectations outlined at the beginning. So you and I today coming onto this chat, I know what's expected from you, you know what's expected from me, and we're in agreement. If one of us doesn't do that, the trust starts to get eroded. And it's exactly the same in an employer and employee relationship. It's exactly the same in friendships. You know, I'll pick you up at five. They don't turn up at five. Right, what's happened? Oh, that's annoyed me. It's so interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love, just, I love the whole people psychology. It's brilliant. I do coaching with management and their leadership style and how they want to move forward. And I was speaking to someone this morning who is struggling with that. How do I've got a new team? It's my first time being a manager. How do I get people to come on board? And that awkward feeling of having to say to people, "I need a monthly report. I need one to ones. I need agenda items. I need all this." And I was like, "I quite like it when it's really clear what's expected of me and any bit of work Great. I may do." One hundred percent. So don't uh-huh. think just because you feel awkward about saying I need this doesn't mean they feel awkward about being very clear about what's expected of me here when I know what's expected of me I can perform well if people are really fudgy about what it is they want from me then I'll be sure how do you deliver it exactly you know we we started running a session called how to have a difficult conversation Uh last november and we that has been such a big take-up we've ran it about six times since the same process and what we always start with is that expectations and managing it but there's a one wee step just before that and you have to understand that we're all different yeah so you might like it written down I might like it verbalised. Someone else might like something to go away and read and come back. You know, think of all the different learning styles or the personalities. You know, somebody might like the the trust, the, the, the trust, the um, the straight talking. Just tell me what I'm doing wrong. Just tell me. Aye. Somebody else might be offended if you're so blunt. So it's there's a real mixture there that you've got to try and manage. And that's we can have like a four four stages of the difficult conversations. And the very very first stage is recognising we're not all the same. Then the next stage is managing expectations. Yeah. And then we do the scene setting and making sure that we get the agreement and moving forward. But I think it's that whole, um, you know, we will, you'll know people, we know people, probably the same people that would be quite direct and have conversations and we probably think, yeah, that's fine. And I'm fine when they speak to me like that because I know there's nothing bad in the way they're saying it. That's just the way they mm-hmm. are. And that's fine. But then somebody else might say something and they might think, Oh, hang on a minute. Why are you why are you being why are you being on that? Just like the way we are with friends and different relationships, you know. I've got a friend that is late every single time we meet up. But I'm okay with that because she's like that with everybody. Yeah. And that's just I just block I just block the time. I say, We'll meet at six. I'm really meeting her at half six. So because I know she's gonna be late. But she's late with that with everybody. But then I've got other friends that if they said if they were half an hour late, I'd be thinking they'd be angry, I'm worried about you because they're never late. So but that's not to say I don't mind being let down, because I do. But at the same time, that's not on me. It's a, You know, it's just everybody's different and it's valued that, that we, to make the world go round and in a better place, we just need to look at it being, you know, diverse, a diverse workforce, a diverse friendship, a diverse people around about you. Have good, as long as it's good energy, there's a yes. difference. As long as it's good energy, there's nobody to actually going out their way to pull you down. Um, or they're so self-centred they don't even realise that they're pulling you down because they're just so <laughs> negative that's that's a different story and if you've got a staff member like that well you should have picked up on it quite quickly and we need to manage that you know and that, and that we see that sometimes as well when they've got maybe a difficult employee who's quite negative but they're actually really, really good at their job uh-huh. mm-hmm. and that's quite a difficult one because you think well you're actually really good at doing X but the rest of the staff are really feeling it. So you've got to kind of make Aye. a judgment on that. But but no, I think it's, um, you're right, you've got to have the expectations managed. You've got to understand, you know, what's, what are you expecting from me? What's the agreement? That was a, um, in the HR world, you would see the psychological contract. So obviously we've got the contract of employment where mm-hmm. you would write it all down. There's also a psychological contract and that's where that trust is broken. Yeah. For the, you know, the, the contract that's not written. 
Mm-hmm. It says, actually, you've let me down because... In, but, and I think it's just heightened just now because of the whole situation with the yeah. pandemic. We're all I feel it's, a been, bit more. it's fascinating having this conversation with somebody from, from your point of view. I have to say, I'm sure lots of especially employers or, or managers mm-hmm. will find it really useful. If you had to finish off a wee gem of wisdom on <laughs> on how do you build that trust within a team, have you got anything that you could reflect on there? Um, I think you build trust by knowing exactly what you're looking for before you start looking for them, mm. from a staffing point of view. So don't go out thinking, and I've been there, right, so I can talk the talk as well here, where you think, right, I need somebody that can do this, I need somebody that can do that, and then they come in and they do that, and you think, oh, that's not actually what I needed. Why are they not reading my mind and doing X, Y, and Z? It was because you didn't hire that person to do that job. So know yourself what you're looking for from an employment point of view. If you're the employee, I think, do you know something? There's such a short term time in the planet, so work somewhere good. It's not necessarily that you're bad or they're bad. It's more that it's not good for you yeah. or you're not good for them. I don't believe mm-hmm. in, you know, bad apples, really. I think there's a minimum amount of people out there that are really, you know, devil's work. But, and I'm sure you may have met them as, as I have, but I, I think that's a minority. I think most people want to do a good job and want to feel valued and have worth. So you just need to make sure they're a good fit. So it's like the perfect fit as opposed to them being you know, the wrong fit. So if you're in an organisation that's not valuing you and have the conversation with your boss, see where it's going. And then if you can go somewhere else, go somewhere else, try and do that. Because, you know, I, I went to a seminar years ago. It was with, it was the police and the fire service that came together. And it was a psychologist that actually works with lots of sports people, like mm-hmm. Ronnie O'Sullivan and, well, it's just Bradley Wiggins. And it was all about how you manage your chimp. So it's a chimp paradox. Professor Steve Peters, I think his name is. And he was amazing. And he was literally saying, what would you say if your great-great-grandchild came to you in your deathbed? What would you say? What would your advice be to them? And he said, 99.9% of people in the room will write down, just be happy. Mm. That's it. And then you're going to work a lot, a lot of your time is at your work. Mm-hmm. If you're not happy, you're bringing that home, you're moaning about it to your your, um, your friends, it's eating you up, you can't sleep at night. I've been there, It's, it's it, affect, it does affect you. Um, if you're the type of person who can put a box in that and put a lid on it and go, well, I need the money, and that's it, fine, brilliant, well done. But if you're not that type of person, I would say, go somewhere where you're happy. Yeah. Go somewhere else, you know. And I think I think we will see that from COVID. I think we will see a lot of people set, setting up their own businesses, mm-hmm. which might make them happy, but they need to understand this bloody hard work. Right. <laughs> you know that. I know that it is hard work, and you know, the buck stops for you. But yeah, I would say that's um, you know one of the ways to kind of look at things is make sure you're you're the right person, and if you're if you're the person, make sure you're, you're at a place where you want to be. thank you so much for coming on the podcast Laura it was good fun it was and I'm going to put a link to your website in the commentary that goes with this show so if anybody wants to connect with Laura they can do that thank you hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of what do you know for sure podcast if you would like to connect with me you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite 
If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.